it's a honor and a privilege to to be able to show up from my recovery. Um, my sobriety date seven seven eleven. Uh, I'm a I'm a, a big book guy. I was, I was born in Torrance, so I noticed we have a, a out of towner. I, I live in Los Angeles now. I live a couple of miles from the Venice Pier, and um, you know, I just kind of like to pause sometimes and just invite uh, the spirit into the room, into the Zoom, um, so that everyone can hear what they need to hear and so that, you know, it can flow the way it needs to flow. And not just with the power of my prayer, but I've found, um, you know, that a group cohesive, uh, you know, prayers at the same time um, can have a very powerful effect. So I just, you know, want to take a quick moment and kind of invite that presence here with us now. Okay, thank you. And, um, you know, and hopefully I, I say something that, that is beneficial to other people and, and that's the power of Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I, I have a, a lot to say and, and I, I won't shut up and I'll try not to curse too much and I try to just keep it to alcohol, um, you know, but my ego at, at nine years sober, um, it just, it flares up all the time. And, and I really believed at one point, um, you know, that maybe I would get to a place where like, I wouldn't have so many defects of character that would run the show. And it's not been my experience. I'm just still riddled with them. Um, but the cool thing is that, um, God has taken me where I need to be time and time again. And the biggest blessing of all is that I've been free from alcohol and drugs for um, a good portion of my life. You know, I'm 36 years old. And, you know, if I stay sober another six months, I'll have 10 years of continuous sobriety. And, and that's something I never thought ever in a million years. I thought I'd die from this thing. Um, quite frankly. And it, and it wasn't, it was just something I, I, I made peace with, you know, I, I didn't come to AA with many expectations. You know, I was hoping to find like a woman that would take care of me and like maybe a handout and some money. And I wasn't really uh, looking for much more because I didn't think recovery was possible for me. I, I came in the rooms when I was 14 years old, I went to the Hermosa beach Alano club. That was my first meeting. Um, you know, and, and I was really dying at alcoholism, uh, you know, at a, by the time I was 18, 19, like it, it, it was on me, you know, and, and I wasn't kidding myself about, um, how serious I had this thing. And, you know, uh, like Eric, I just couldn't stop, you know, and I didn't, you know, I, I came here at 14 and like at 19, I really was dying by the time, like, I was 20, like the weary round of sanitariums, hospitals, rehabs, jails, like prisons, that had begun. And I couldn't get any time. Um, you know, I was not, you know, one of those people that got some dry time without step work. Like I never did step work and I never got much dry time. I, I had 30 days twice, I believe. I don't think I had ever taken a 60 day chip I mean, I took some dirty 60 day chips a couple of times, but I never took like an actual 60 days, um, you know, from my teenage years until I was 27. Uh, and it wasn't for lack of desire to, I just don't get dry time, 
I just, because I can't, um, you know, I'm the guy and, and that's the cool thing about Alcoholics Anonymous is we all have different experiences and we can all be uniquely useful. Um, that's a really, I've come to really, really appreciate that beautiful thing, but I'm just a hope to die drunk. Yeah. I'm the guy who says I'm not going to get behind the wheel. Um, and I get behind the wheel. Like I lose control of the amount I take that happens to me just right away. And when I get into the rooms and I'm sitting in a meeting, I usually couldn't even hear much of what the speakers were saying. You know, honestly, I was just obsessing over drinking. Um, you know, I, I, I'll go to rehabs. I'll go to like, I'm not even like, I, at least I'm not, I don't think I'm a crazy guy. I've been to like a lot of psych wards and stuff like that. They just couldn't figure out what to do with me. I've overdoses and car crashes and arrests. And like, it just didn't make sense. Um, I really have alcoholism, uh, and it was crippling for me. Uh, you know, and I think, um, you know, one thing I, I do like to touch on is, you know, um, the big book talks about like with alcoholism goes annihilation of the things in like the things that make life worth living. And that's a heavy thing to really even contemplate. Um, what were the things that made my life worth living? And I really like, you know, like it's something important, I think, for me to look at. I was so blinded by the fact that I couldn't stop drinking. That's all I could see. You talk to me about unmanageability or anything else, and it didn't make a lick of sense to me because all I could see was that I can't stop. Um, but like, what were the things that made life worth living? Like, the, what, what's the meaning of life? is another way to say it. Um, and I didn't know what the meaning of life was, but I think I wanted to be happy. You know, I think most people have some pretty simple goals in mind um, that might get cut off from alcoholism. Like I wanted to be happy. I didn't want to be a rock star or the president. I didn't want anything like extravagant like that. I maybe wanted like, um, you know, like a good college degree. I wanted to play sports in college. Um, you know, I wanted to have some respect and I wanted to be loved and I wanted to love and I wanted to have a family and a career. Um, I wanted to be welcome inside my parents' house. You know, I wanted to not be um, humiliated that, uh, you know, I weigh 120 pounds and my arms all tracked up, you know, and I reek of booze and I'm belligerent when drunk. Like, that's what I want. I, I, everything was taken away from me that made life worth living. I didn't surf anymore I do I don't do shit you know but drink and use uh, and I use a lot of drugs but I'm, I'm a I'm an alcoholic you know I drank I drank you know I drank a lot of hand sanitizer you know mixed out so like like pandemic it's like trigger like I smell Purell and I'm like oh yeah that's some good stuff right there. Um, you know, my last drink was, you know, a batch of Pruno that I made inside a, a Corcoran, you know, state prison. And that was it. Like, that was my last drink. Nothing extravagant. You know, I, I read Great Expectations and like sang some songs like while I was, I was in solitary confinement. And like, that was it, you know. Um, and then I had this like moment of like, you know, clarity that like, dude, I'm gonna like, I, I always just get ad charges and I get more time, you know, and that doesn't like make my story. Like, that's just the way I drink is like, I drink until I'm in custody. You know, I'm, when I'm in custody, I keep drinking by any means necessary. Um, it is like, holy shit. 
you know, like I, I need help. Um, and, you know, I, I take big risks and big chances all in the name of getting um, annihilated, obliterated. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I didn't know um, that like alcohol wasn't the problem, but alcohol was the solution, you know? And then as I went through life, I didn't know that I was restless, um, irritable, discontented. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't think I was unhappy. You know, I related to like the doctor's opinion, like these men were not drinking to escape. They were drinking to fulfill a uh, phenomenal uh, craving beyond their, uh, I butchered the quote, but like you get it. Um, I'm Pesh could tell you what the quote is. Um, and um, which is probably a sign of recovery for me because like when I was like two, three years sober, I could quote that book like no one's business and I use it as a weapon um, to beat people down. And like, you know, it's, it's been quite a journey here of recovery for me. So, um, like I've been graced and blessed, um, to survive alcoholism in, in many ways and not done this perfect or excuse me, done this program perfectly, but I've spent a lot of time trying to convince you that I've done this program perfectly. I've, I've tried to front, like I'm the most, um, you know, spiritual guy in, in the damn room. Um, and you know defects of character the stage character in which i want to present to you um you know it's um it's cunning baffling and powerful you know this this thing uh will get me in it and i remind myself that just because i have some time now it does not mean that i'm guaranteed you know lifelong recovery um and to each his own that um realization helps me i believe you know, because I am the dude who will rest on his laurels and take for granted um, the accomplishments I already have and then start to just believe that I'm going to stay sober the rest of my life. And therefore, I don't need to work so hard to continue to show up and make time for newcomers and make time for my meditation and really contemplate what amends might I still owe. Like I'm that dude. And, you know, there's one thing I, I, I attend another fellowship for years, I don't know, I was at Cocaine Anonymous um, in South Central and like, you know, it was impressed upon me that like the unmanageability will keep your ass in the work. Um, and that's what it's been for me. My life's not been perfect, um, quite the contrary. It's been filled with a lot of external struggles. Um, but my, what I've found is that my internal condition and the peace and serenity in which I achieve is not contingent upon what's happening out there and i'm the guy who's consistently tried to use this power of god um to all right god now you owe me so like the marriage should be successful like okay god like now that i've been such a humble servant like business should take off like i'm that dude who will um almost have like expectations of what, what God ought to provide me externally so that I can receive my internal fulfillment rather than just receiving my internal fulfillment from connection with God. I will fall under the belief that my work in Alcoholics Anonymous will make God so pleased that surely he will give me the things that I deserve and then I will achieve happiness. Like it's wow. You know, it's cunning, baffling, powerful. My favorite quote in that book is, you know, um, when we talk about like the delusion that I can rest satisfaction, happiness out of the world. If I'm if only he manages well, you know, cause my life's unmanageable, but I think I'm going to manage it and then I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be satisfied. I'm going to manage it. 
manage it. I'm gonna make this marriage work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, you know, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna get the respect I deserve. Like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna surf like the best waves and people are gonna like look at me and be like, damn, dude, that was freaking awesome wave. And then I'm gonna be happy. And like, there's just, they're numerous, you know, there's usually like, just like a few, like, like I can count them on one hand of the delusions, but like the big ones, I should say, you know, um, money, love and respect, you know, but there's other ones too. Um, and I consistently fall in that delusion. Um, so again, it's been a journey. Uh, and still getting here and getting freedom from a space where I couldn't do anything but obsess uh, over taking another drink was not easy. Um, you know, for me, I, uh, you know, like Eric said, I, I just had to be beaten in a state of reasonableness, you know, thank God no one saved me from my suffering, you know, no one got in the way of my suffering. Um, I was able really to like burn this thing down till the wheels fell off and then just keep kind of like, like skidding on the pavement and, and thank God, because I suffer from agnostic temperament and I got here and, um, you know, I just considered like, is it possible when everything had burned down and everything was so awful and terrifying for me. And I saw that, you know, I, and join that endless procession of thoughts that had gone on before me. Like, that's what I saw. I didn't read the big book, but I saw, I was going to end that. Like, I didn't feel like I was going to die of alcoholism. I just felt like I was going to be that dude who's going to spend the rest of his life in and out of the penitentiary after family's all gone. And I, gone, I ain't got nothing or no one. And that was my concern. And that felt like reality. That felt like truth to me. No one had to tell me. Um, and so I considered when there was nothing I could do to keep myself sober, you know, and every, every human power had failed me, not my parole agent, um, not my mom that I love dearly. And, you know, she's crying, having to visit me and, and watch me in this condition, not, not, not for her. Um, and, and, you know, I really thought like she would save me, not the case. Um, I really thought like maybe something someday would do it, but nothing did. All these things did was they gave me an actual desire to not drink anymore. Not because I ever got tired of the effect produced by alcohol. And I meet lots of people and that's their truth. They would just black out and it was this awful experience. And I had, I had fun. Like I really like drinking. Like it's a lot of fun for me. It was great. You know, granted I, I got sober when I was 27. It was a blast. What wasn't a blast were the circumstances they landed in me. Like that was terrifying. You know, um, I would just joke around, but you know, I'm just like a, a nice Jewish kid from Rancho Palos Verdes. And like, I got to be in, in, you know, um, maximum security prisons with a bunch of lifers, man. And like, I am not, I'm not a big dude and I was terrified and I was scared. And it was the consequences, man. I didn't like the consequences. Any woman that ever loved me, um, was severely disappointed. Like anyone who really cared about me was disappointed. I didn't like those consequences consequences never got me sober and I was clear on that and so what I considered in that space was is it possible that all these 12-step speakers that have carried a message in depth and weight you know drank the way I drank um 
lost control the way I lost control and, and couldn't stop the way I couldn't stop. Is it possible that they're all lying to me? It's like a conspiracy around here. They talked about working the 12 steps. I asked them at the Hermosa Beach Alana Club, how did you get 10 years, 20 years, 15 years? Oh, I didn't do it. Power greater than myself did. I was like, motherfucker, crazy son of a bitch. Like that was my response. But in that space of deep suffering, um, I had been surrendered. I didn't decide to surrender. God had surrendered me. Um, and cause no one tried to save me from that suffering. And in that suffering, I found God's grace and I never believed in God. I thought it was bullshit. I was bar mitzvah, you know, I read Hebrew. Um, I never believed in God ever. And I was deeply cynical when people talked about God, but in that space, I was able to consider, is it possible they're all lying to me? It wasn't a belief system. It was an experience. I had an experience with God right then and there. Um, and it was subtle, but profound. And I had this idea, this belief that like, maybe it's possible they're not all lying to me. And something started to happen to me where I had a hope and I'd never had hope because I'd never been able to scrape together any time, even when I really wanted to for the parole agent, for mom, for the woman, I was never able to. And suddenly I had this hope that like, I think this is going to work. And that hope turned into faith. Um, and it turned into me working all 12 steps with the desperation of a drowning man. I, I could not wait. I was so curious. What is it like to have a spiritual experience? Cause I never believed in God and I never had any conception, but I was just curious, like what's going to happen to me if I, if I do this, like I, I got to the inventory and I wrote down some heavy stuff, man. And, and, and I shared, um, a couple of really heavy secrets that I thought for sure I was going to take to the grave. And, and I, I did these things not because you had convinced me because alcohol had convinced me that I was screwed without this thing. And that this was the only shot of hope that I even saw was possible for me. And I really did this with the desperation of a drowning man. And I had this experience and it just like, it set me on fire. You know, I like, I went out in the world, um, with a big book and like, I was, I was ready to like kick ass and take some, some names with this thing, you know, like, have you heard the good news? Like I was that kind of guy, just like quoting the book and like, just being a jerk in the meetings and like, ah, you know, you're contradicting the book, you're out there killing people. But the thing I was doing was I was carrying the message, like my life depended on it because I just believed that like, that was like my calling. And I really, um, I really like did this thing and, and I never did it perfectly, but like, I really like had this sincere desire um, to be a good person. And I never had that before, you know, not like I was like this vile, um, like awful person, but like I was inconsiderate and self-seeking. I don't really give a shit about people. I don't want to hurt anyone, but like I always considered me first and I really started to consider like, I just got to help more people and I got to sponsor more people. And, I, and, I, and, and part of me did it like selfishly, like I want relief from me, the bondage of self. That's what's keeping me in chains. I need freedom from me. And so I just carried this thing with desperation. And I started having some really powerful experiences. And, and like, it's not even like, I don't know how much time I have, but like, I can't, I can't talk about the experience. Nine and a half years experience in Alcoholics Anonymous in 45 minutes, impossible. I had so many amends that were just life-changing. I went into amends with people um, that I hated, you know, people that had really wronged me and people that I, I like, like resentment. What, what about like undying fucking hatred? Excuse me, I, I curse sometimes, I apologize. Um, 
I get so like fired up on the experiences that I had in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, it's like funny, like we were saints, we were all like, you know, uh, drinking in like restrooms and like now we can't say it. Uh, anyway, um, curse words. Um, the experiences I had with these steps were profound. When I really put my trust in God and, and like, you know, um, again, I'm not done this thing perfectly. And, you know, a lot of times what I saw was like, what gets in the way is me. And a lot of times I didn't know it, you know, like the delusions that I will continuously suffer from um, are what will really block me off because, you know, I, I can, I can speak a good game and I can sponsor a lot of people and I can do all these things and I can really like, um, get like a spiritual ego of like, yeah, did, did you even do an 11 step nightly review, bro? Like, did you really make all your amends? Like, it's crazy. I'll bastardize a good thing and like start to use it as a weapon against myself, not against other people, but like against myself. And I'll start to, well, like the, the dishonesty that like, I'm like supposed to ask every morning for separation from God, please direct my thing. Will my thoughts be divorced from self-seeking dishonesty and self-pity but the dishonesty is not that i'm gonna lie to someone it's that i'm gonna lie to myself and believe my own bullshit i will i will get on my high horse when someone is wrong and make a, a spiritual crusade out of it not exercise love and tolerance and and try to like be right you know there's like defects of character that i've held on to that I haven't really been able to see and are continuously getting illuminated to me. Um, you know, I went through um, a real tough year last year. Well, I guess two years ago, 2019, it's, you know, 20. And, and, and in that space, I saw more growth within myself than I had seen in a while because I'm not, aware of my defects of character most of the time and kind of like you know the analogy i like to give and, and it didn't make it true or anything you know um but like for me you know i look at a plant and i'm like man this thing is great um it's you know wow that's like a lot like my spiritual condition you know but i can't just the plant can't just have the perfect amount of water and sunlight you know what i mean i can't just do step 12 and i can't just do step 11 and like man sometimes like i need like some fertilizer you know what i'm saying like some good bullshit in my life to really flourish spiritually and like i need that you know i went through um a divorce i mean i'm still married but like i've been going through a divorce for some time and like i had so much shame about that because i want to front like i'm the dude who's so spiritual that i'm like you know gonna have success in all areas of life and and if i have a failed marriage and i have a failed relationship then it's a reflection there's something wrong with me you know, and like, no one's telling me this, I'm telling it to myself. And I can't see, like, I don't know what I'm doing um, until it, it gets revealed to me. And it gets revealed to me by God. Like, that's what, you know, Bill talks about, like, suddenly my experience in the cathedral burst upon me. Yeah, he didn't say, like, I figured it out slowly. It burst upon me. It's in reference to, like, God revealed it to him from within. But God's grace and God's miracles in my life usually seem like, oh, I just don't feel like drinking anymore. But it's not because I changed my mind. I don't feel like drinking. It's God's miracles just seem subtle. Like I did it, you know, like I figured it out. 
and, and defects of character that get revealed to me, but they're not revealed by me. But what I got to do is I got to put myself in a position to have them revealed to me. Um, like, man, like it, it is very, very humbling um, to say the least, you know, and, and like that experience coupled with like other experiences, um, you know, most of this growth for me has usually come through adversity. And, you know, I was listening to uh, Paul Hederman um, and, you know, he was talking the other day, this is uh, New Year's Eve. And, and, you know, he talked about like, he, he really separates things and like, he kind of speaks like another language is pretty weird. Uh, if you're ever into that stuff. Um, and it's like a lot of times like self starts running the show, but I don't know it, you know, and self starts running the show. And it's like, how do I know self's running the show? And what he said to me, was so profound. He said that, you know, I, I can really get a good to paraphrase. Well, I get a good look at who's running the show by the fruit being produced in the factory you know and when the fruit being produced in the factory is that of love tolerance and acceptance then it's probably coming from a higher place but when the fruit being produced is intolerance and resentment and judgment like I have a good idea where that's coming from but I don't even see it half the time because if I get in judgment I, I'll, I'll convince myself that I got a reason to judge this guy I'll convince myself and you know it's quite clear to us that people in this world were often quite wrong but that's far as most of us ever got man I get sucked back into that um in sobriety because I can see people doing some stuff that um it's easy for any of us to perceive like man that's fucked up you know and then I can go on a crusade and I don't even see that I'm in resentment I'm in judgment and I'm not in tolerance you know um I had a humbling experience with that on Monday, you know, I, I showed up to a meeting and, and there was a guy that really, you know, had wronged me. Um, and, and it wasn't like a perceived wrong. It was like a wrong. And you know what I went into like intolerance and judgment and resentment, you know, and like, I had to really do some work on that resentment. It's like, what don't, what am I not letting go of? And it's like, and this, the, these defects of character that are like deeply rooted from childhood, you know, patterns of behavior that I've engaged in um, that like were once like a great strength to me, you know, um, are being revealed to me as depleted. And I didn't even know I was doing this stuff, you know, like I want to like, like total tradition violation, like just like bully this dude out of a meeting make them feel real uncomfortable and like ashamed to be here kind of thing. And like, this is, this wasn't like, you know, this was Monday. This isn't like a long time ago. Like this stuff still comes up and I'm like, and I got to like look at my behavior. And if this is the fruit that's being produced then who is running the factory, is it God or is it Dano? You know, cause Dano like will get in all kinds of like, um, real, real bad places. You know, I will steer the ship to a bad place. And the, and the cool thing is that um, by me continuing and do the work, I've been able to like see some of the stuff because at the end of the day, all, all I really want to be is happy. And how am I happy when I like really break it down? Well, then I'm happy when I'm connected to God. 
I'm happy when I'm not trying to manage and control my life. I need only certain, like people, only the people I like get to show up to the meeting. What the hell is that? You know, when I'm in a place where I'm like, <sighs> I get my connection from God and I get my fulfillment from God. And I don't get my fulfillment from being so connected to God that everything out there works out. Romance, finance, respect. Now I get my connection from God just from my connection with God. And there is the fulfillment. And when I'm really connected to that power, then with that connection and with that fulfillment, it does not matter what happens on the outside. Everything I believe um, is God doing something for us, not to us, you know, these difficulties and like life is difficult for a lot of people, you know, we're, we're really, um, most of us very lucky to be here, to be alive, to have computers and electronic devices and like, and not be hungry, you know, and, and wow what a blessing that is, but I, I cannot appreciate the gods, the gifts that God has given me. It's so easy for me to get out of that place and go into, I want more and go into judgment like this. Not really, bro. You're going to carry yourself like that. Like going to jealousy, like this guy's kind of like a dirtbag. How does he get like all this money and all this kind of stuff? Like, God, can you show a little love? It gets so easy for me personally to get into that space. Um, and that's, that's not, that's not it. That's not the fourth dimension. And the best way for me to get out of self is to just realize where I actually am. Um, and it's been like a humbling experience. The longer that I've stayed sober, it's like the more I see uh, the things that are blocking me from God. And again, all I really want is to be happy. And I'm happy when I'm useful to God. And when I'm connected to God and I'm doing God's work. And when that starts to happen to me, um, my life gets beautiful and it starts to flow. And greater things happen to me than I could have ever planned. The great things that have happened to me in my life have happened not by my design and not by my willpower. I'm going to figure it out. But it just, wow, kind of like organically happened you know, and I block myself from that experience. I can block myself from God's will and I cannot be in a place of acceptance, you know, and it's like acceptance is the answer to all my problems and all this kind of stuff. It's like, there's a profound truth in that statement, I believe. And, um, I have to remind myself of that constantly because just Monday, I didn't remember that at all. Um, that acceptance is the answer to all my problems, but that's, it's not self-will. So I'm just going to accept everything that's happening to me. Like, you know, that's great. Maybe I have like, you know, God forbid someone dying in my family or something really bad is happening. Well, I'm just going to accept it. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not with self-will. But when I place myself in a position when I'm truly connected to God, then acceptance is what happens to me. It doesn't happen by me. This dude that I didn't like on Monday... I still don't really like him. Um, but like for me to be able to tolerate this guy is not going to happen because I've decided to tolerate this dude. Like acceptance and tolerance is what's going to happen to me in my experience when I really connect to this power. And I stop trying to run the show and I stop trying to get everyone on my side 
And I stop trying to convince you and convince myself that I'm right. And I really look within and like, what's my part over here? Like, what am I, what am I really up to? Like, what's the bullshit I'm projecting here? What's the lie I'm telling myself? Um, how is this delusion leading to this selfish attitude running into this self-seeking action that's all rooted in fear when I start to really look at those things and I start to look at like glass column stuff um, I start to have an experience of freedom and again it doesn't happen by me it happens to me um, this is God working in my life um, but I gotta be clear on like who's power in the factory here you know um, I can use I'm like my 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 ego can get real spiritual real fast you know oh, you know i don't he's a sick man he's just loving tolerating him you know, this shit. like that's not no that's not it that's not it you know i it's real easy for me to intellectualize the experience with god that i'm supposed to have or that i expect to have um but when i can really kind of remember like no nah, man acceptance is what happens to me when i'm when i'm connected deeply to my creator and that's where i want to be because I want to be happy. Um, and I'm real happy when I'm connected to God. And I really appreciate the things I have when I'm connected to God. Um, and that's really what, like, I think most of us are looking for. I mean, I think like, that's what we were looking for with alcohol. You know, we're probably just trying to connect. Um, but we were using a faulty, broken system to connect. And now, um, if you're as sick as I am, it's time to find uh, an upgraded, updated, effective system just to be able to operate in the world, to be happy, to be free of alcohol and free of the bondage of self. And sometimes I need some like reminders of that. Sometimes I need some fertilizer. Sometimes I just need some shit right in my lap um, for me to really like um, get recentered into the program. And, and remember like how it works and like how it works. Um, I'm probably supposed to end like now, but uh, you know how it works. In about five minutes. Okay, cool. Thanks, bro. Um, and how it works and how it worked and how it continues to work was that like, there was some devastation, there was some annihilation and there was some crap I couldn't figure out on my own and lack of power was my dilemma and I couldn't get over alcoholism. Um, I was hopelessly defeated. And in that place of being hopelessly defeated, I became desperately willing um, to try to turn something over to something I didn't understand. And that is a spiritual formula. And now that I get some time, I want to think that that spiritual formula has changed. And ain't like that no more. Um, and I would like to tell you that like, I don't like um, experience difficulty or devastation in my life. Again, this has not been my experience. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Um, but my experience is that when difficulty comes, I'm able to capitalize on it, you know? And knowing that formula of like powerlessness, like devastation, turning it over, ego deflation, like, even knowing that intellectually, that doesn't mean I'm like looking for, I'm looking for the next forward to the next time God annihilates me, just annihilate my ego, God, like that's going to be exciting. Um, and yet, that's how it works. 
And when I really kind of come to peace with that, um, I can just travel a bit lighter and I can spend a lot more of my time connected to God and happy and joyous and free and just able to appreciate um, the joy of living without things needing to be so damn exciting, without me needing to be like winning all the time, but just for things to be serene and not have my happiness and my satisfaction contingent on people like behaving the way I think they ought to behave. I'll start playing God very quickly. Um, and it's through that process of continuously knowing that I will go back to running the show, back to playing God, um, that it really kind of keeps me in contemplation of God. That like I need this connection and I need to really be paying attention to the whispers of the universe, to the contemplation of what's really happening because it's so easy for me to miss it. It's so easy for me to just meet with sponsees, do a meditation, assume I've made all my amends, assume that I've written everything out that I need to write out and, and think I'm good to go and start resting on my laurels and not see um, what's really happening. You know, and it's like they, there's this um, saying that like, you know, the, it's the mosquitoes that will kill you, not the crocodiles. You know, it's the little, little petty things that I think like I'm so spiritual that ain't going to affect me. Someone cuts me in the line. I'm like, I'm a, I don't care that I get cut me in the line because it's so petty. But really, I'm like, you know, and like I'm stuffing it because I think it's not a big deal. And I don't see like I don't know what I don't know. And I don't see that sometimes it's the little things that are getting me. And maybe sometimes it's not until a crocodile comes. Um, got it. One minute. Thank you. That when the crocodile's there and I'm like, oh man, crocodile. And then I can start to see all the little mosquitoes that like I've just been brushing off all the little petty resentments and the petty self-seeking added like that I didn't even see. And I'm not even aware of. And, and, Again, this is the process of God revealing it to me, you know. Um, I'm supposed to grow in understanding and effectiveness around here. And, and I think that's happening. And I'm grateful that that's happening. And I'm grateful that um, we've continued to have meetings and, and uh, ways to connect to God and, and connect to other people. Um, and just realize that most importantly, like, we're not alone. We're all in this thing together and we all get to keep having experiences and, and sharing them and hearing them with each other. Um, it helps me grow when I hear from you and, and hopefully something I said uh, has helped some of you tonight. And with that, thank you very much.